Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode. As always, I'm Mark. Before we start, I just want to take a second to welcome the new member of the podcast, David. David's a guy I've known for a while. Um, he may have caught some of his work at the Fuck Authority. Uh, David, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. We have a lot to talk about today, obviously. I mean, since last time I recorded, the drafts happened, free agency, so... It's been a pretty busy today. week. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, a Leafs fan, so you know I was... You know, oh, I do. I'm, I'm a professional trainer. I, I, let's start with them, actually. So, on Friday, the Leafs made a few signings. Start with, let's talk about Wayne Simmons, the first signing that they made. Signed for one year at 1.5 cap hits. Uh, what do you think about the signing? Solid move. I mean, you can't go wrong with a guy with the experience that Simmons has at 1.5 million. I mean, I don't see the... There's no real issues with that move. He brings a lot of experience. He's only a couple seasons removed from some big uh, point totals in his yeah. uh, few seasons. So he brings that offense as well. Hopefully on the Leafs, he can you know find uh, the chemistry with those line mates. Maybe if they put him on the power play or something, he can get a couple goals there. Um, but yeah, no. obviously, Dubis did say that he wanted to uh, get some more grit and get a little bigger. And that's the same thing we saw with Clifford that they did um, – around the trade deadline, they wanted to do the same thing, so they brought in Wayne Simmons. No, I mean, I've, I've been on the Wayne train coming to Toronto for a while. <laughs> I, I, I fucking love that signing. I, I think he's going to be perfect. I don't, I don't understand the narrative that he's washed, to be honest, because he's only, like, I think 31, 32 now, only a season and a half, two seasons away from being a 25 goal scorer. I mean, I'm off from the pandemic. Like I could see him being a twenty goal scorer again, especially because on that second unit we don't really have a net front presence because obviously uh, Janssen was just shipped out recently. So I, I don't know. I, I really I really like the signing. It's and listen, people who hate on the signing, it's low risk, right? <laughs> like like you, you could the Leafs are rich. You could bury that in the minors if you really need to. And but I don't think I'm gonna get there. <laughs> but no, it's it's a great signing. I I love Wayne Simmons. I wanted him to be a Leaf for. Pretty much as long as I've been watching hockey. Uh, no, great, great all around signing. Can't go wrong with that move. Really, it's a low risk, uh, high reward no. kind of move. I'm not saying he's going to be a 20 goal scorer on the Leafs, but I mean, I, there's yeah. no risk. And you also have to remember, he's an asshole. Like, he's an asshole to play against. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's good. Like, the Leafs, like, obviously with Clifford going, I wouldn't really call him an asshole, though. He's kind of just more tough. Like, they don't, they don't have a guy. Who really gets in the opposing face, especially with Kapanen and being shipped out. I mean, like he, he's perfect. He he's a perfect fit on that third line. I really well. see him. Be, I really see him playing on the third line with uh, Nick Robertson on the other wing. Good mentor to him, you know. Look, he's a veteran. He's got leadership. Uh, plays a very tough game. So there's really no. Uh, I mean, there's no risk. Listen, I, I like the move. He, he played on like he was. He's a, he's a Philadelphia Flyer player. He's on brand, right? Like he's that kind of player. He's great. I I I, I love that signing. I don't know. I think people. You have to really look for a reason to hate that signing, and and there are people on Twitter, obviously. You know, obviously some people look. Like, you can't. You're never gonna please. No. What, what do you What do you mean? People people players. on Twitter are people on Twitter are uh, are always friendly and and love everything. Well, look, there's certain people, some belief is that you can't be wasting money on these third line players when you need to fix your blue line. And, you know, there's a lot of different narratives going around, but clearly the Leafs haven't let that stop them with the addition of TJ Brody. Yeah, that actually brings me on to my next point. TJ Brody also signed uh, four years at 
five million dollar cap hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that. I I I do like the signing. I think he like I'm yeah. I know people say he's left handed, not a good fit, but he played right to Mark Giordano for years in Calgary, and I mean that pairing worked great. Um, no, it's a good signing. The only thing I would say with that is it is a little risky because he is 30. He, You've already seen a slight decline mm-hmm. with him. And, I mean, obviously with the least cap situation, that might start to look eh, kind of meh in a few years, maybe around year three. But, listen, like the Leafs are in win-now mode. They only have Morgan Riley at 4 mil for another two years. So... I don't know. I think I think it's a good signing. I I think he was probably the best option of all the big name D's on free agency. I would much rather him than Petrangelo, if I'm being completely honest. Petrangelo would have been a nightmare on the least just because of that cap. Mm-hmm. So no, it's all I, about the money there. I mean, look, no. when you look at the defensemen that were available and when you combine into uh, how they fit with the Leafs in terms of their playing style and the cap and um, term that they he's might great. want. I, I think he's Brody he's great in his own zone. Brody he's was definitely the zone. safe bet. Um, I know he had that big injury uh, last year, but he's come back. Looks pretty good. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the kind of injury mm-hmm. that you can't come back. Like it, it was serious, but it wasn't like I don't, I, I don't. What was the injury again? Well, he came back in the playoffs and he had about four points in 10 games. But yeah. again, with a guy like Brody, his game is not all about the points. And that's, I think, a big narrative that often well, no, gets he's... washed up with defensemen. I mean, off of, I haven't read too much into his analytics, but it seems like he's very good at like denying entries and kind of breaking the cycle, which is, I mean, <laughs> it's literally what the Leafs need. So good fit. He's a solid like... two way player. He's decently sized. I think he's like six one, like one ninety. Like not not a small guy. Good, great, great fit. Um, I really don't have anything against that signing. He'll he'll look great. He'll easily be the Morgan Riley's best defense pairing, and it's not close. I mean, listen, I, I know we all loved Cody CC, you know, with that brilliance in his own zone, but. <laughs> nah, bro- Brody. Brody's gonna be great. Brody's gonna be great next year. I think. Look, in regards to obviously, as we talked about with Twitter and the Leaf fan base, there's obviously some people that are pretty skeptical with the signing. And to that, I say, Brody is what you've been looking for. What, what else? What else could we have done, right? Like, mm-hmm. what other free agent could we have brought in? Chris Tanev, if you're concerned about injury, is a thousand times worse. Mm-hmm. He has. I don't think he's played a full season in what, like. Two years, three years, like. Look, I just, I, I think Brody was definitely a solid option. Obviously, you can never be too sure when you look at a guy who's signed for the next few years with a his cap. It's pretty safe. He was the best. He was the best available. He was the best available. I it's think. a solid move. Solid move. Yeah. I mean, you sign him for you get a few years out of him. You get you're paying him five mil. That was and the, the thing with, now that um. Now that Janssen has already been shipped out, and I'm assuming there are more offensive names that are probably going to be on the trade block, it gives them room to make more moves on defense. I mean, I know they signed another defenseman. We're going to get into that in a second. But, I mean, personally, I think Justin... I've said this on the last podcast. I think Justin Hall is probably gone, personally, just because I think they really want to improve their top four. I don't think Justin Hall's a top four defenseman. And I mean, if, if he's on your third pair, why are you paying him two mil, right? You have better options or cheaper mm-hmm. on that third pair. So I think this Brody deal leaves more room to make a transaction. And I mean, look, 
if you look at their defensive depth now on the Leafs, I'm not saying it's like by any means it's not good. I don't think still, but it's looking like a hell of a lot better than it did last season. You know, you can't look. I think they've definitely improved their blue line. You can't argue with that. They've got some solid names. I think they've become more responsible in their own zone. Obviously, Riley's the big point producer on the blue line. He's still going to be there. You've got Jake Muzzin, who obviously is pretty solid in his own zone, plays a physical game. Uh, and yeah. now you add Brody to that, who plays that solid two-way game. Plus, you have some of the young guys like Dermot. And uh, uh, yeah, no, I just think that they've definitely improved their blue line. I think the focus is obviously on trying to become more um, tough to play against. And Brody also fits that style while also well, being better in their own zone. I mean, this isn't really about Brody, but if Travis Dermot takes a step next season, and I know Kyle Dubas said recently he projects him to be on the right side. If you got that pairing of Muzzin Dermot, man, that is a bitch to play against. Because, I mean, Muzzin just, honestly, a, a all-around great defenseman. And then Dermot is up there in the top five. I would make him, maybe not top five, but he has very good gap control. Man, they're going to deny so many zone entries, that Dermot-Muzzin pair. Like, it's ridiculous. It all depends on how uh, Dermot adjusts next season, you know. Uh, if yeah. he's going to be playing on the right side, he has to also take that step up. Sometimes moving sides could be a bit of a learning curve. So I think Leaf fans have to be a little bit patient. I'm, I'm not also, saying it'll take over a season, but give him some time to adjust. I don't think. I think the guy's got a lot of hockey IQ, so I don't expect it to be a big issue. So I mean, to me, I'm, I know this is like a super cliche saying about Travis German, but he, he's going to slow his game down a little bit. He he overthinks a lot, and, and you could see that when he's – um making that first pass or about to deny that his own entry, he he thinks the game too fast and he needs to calm down a little bit. You can see it. He, he makes those nervous plays and a lot of the time it ends up resulting in a giveaway. So, I don't know. I think if Dermot can calm down the game a little bit, he, he could be a decent top four defenseman. And I mean, the truth is, I think you kind of have to move Dermot over to the right side of this point because... I mean, Rasmus Sandin, you you got to play him. You, you got to play him eventually, you know? I don't think you could play him. Personally, I think if you're playing him in the AHL this year, it's a mistake. I think you got to give him... And I don't think you can make him a seventh defenseman. I know people were saying, oh, he'll get ice time, but that's not a guarantee. you you got to give him ice time. I think Sandin's got to be in a third pair next season. I think that's where he's going to get. I don't... Unless he takes this so. major step in the offseason, or, I mean, unless he, uh, you know, comes to training camp, looking uh, like he hasn't been training well, that, since the that start of the pandemic, ask, he's not going to play. But no, I, I think I, it's pretty much I personally, I personally think, I mean, obviously that left, I, I think Bogosian's probably going to be on the right side on defense. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, I think, I don't think you're paying him a million dollars. Bogosian's the seventh right? defenseman on that team, I think. I don't think so. I think if you're paying him a million dollars, I think Kyle Davis wants him in the top six most nights, personally. He wants him to get there, but the million dollar contract it was base. I think that's more of a safe deal. You're getting a decent defenseman that could play in your top six, but you know it's going to be. He might be trying to battle for Hall's spot, so I think it's going to be. Uh, I, I think, I think at the least is going to be your seventh defenseman. I also think it's it's like this: if if your first pair is Brody Riley, and if your second pair is Muzzin Dermott, do you really trust a pairing of Sandy Lettman, a guy who's played like for ten minutes in the NHL? And another guy who hasn't even played the NHL. I don't know if I trust that pairing, to be honest. I think you want a guy with NHL experience of all times. For sure. That pairing. And, that's why, and that's why I think Bogosian's kind of a lock at this point. And listen, 
I'm not saying I agree with it because I'm I'm not. To be honest, I'll, I guess we could talk about it now. I'm I wasn't a huge fan of Bogosian signing. To be honest, I uh, I mean, if you look at the analytics, his his possession numbers are god awful. And I know he brings a different element to the Leafs, and that that is good. But um, I don't know if he was the right player. But anyways, um, I think that second pair, third pairing is probably going to look like Letton and Bogosian, and I have a bad feeling Sandy is going to be put in the minors this year. It very well could be. I think there's going to be a bit of a log jam with that uh, on that third pair. I think, you know, you could see Bogosian and Hall maybe splitting time. You could see Sandin sent up and down through the minors. I, I think it's going to be pretty uh, hectic. I yeah. don't think there's going to be a sturdy pairing. I think we're going to see a lot of change there. You also have to, I mean, like, people keep forgetting. We also have Timothy Lodricken on our team. I mean, I think he's, this is a, we drafted him in 2017, so he's already been with us for a few years. I mean, and, you know, at some point, it's kind of like shaking off the pot. Like he's got to—you're either going to play him or not. I um, I kind of it brings me into my next point. I read a potential trade on Twitter, and I, I want to see your uh, your reaction to this. So obviously, like more assets would be added to it to kind of balance it out. But it's roughly you send Lilligren, who has another I think year or two left on his DLC, to the Lightning, who are in a cap crunch, and you get Eric Cernak back. What do you think about that? Uh, Cernak's an RFA, so it depends on what you're going to sign. Yeah, of course. Well, obviously, you would talk to him and his agent before you made that deal, but, man, I would love me some Eric Cernak on the Leafs. He would be such a good fit. He is a solid um, fit. He is. It's just, fit. I think he plays... I think the thing about Cernak is what's going to happen is you need to see, first of all, the term and if he fits the Leafs. And... The other scenario that you have to take into account is, do you have to trade Liljegren for him? He is an RFA. You know Tampa's in a cap crunch. You can potentially trade Liljegren for somebody else on a different team and then still uh, offer sheet Cernak and only lose yeah. a pick. And Tampa might not have the cap to match it. If anything, it could help Tampa knowing they don't have to pay him and now they could allocate their money just towards, for the most part, Sorelli and Sergachev. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I, I know they, they they both got small contracts, but I don't understand why they signed Pat Maroon and um oh, fuck, who was the other guy they signed? Um Drongo Bling. They they signed they um, signed two guys. Well, as we're talking right now, the Leafs have actually just signed Jimmy Vesey to a one year nine hundred thousand dollar contract. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I like that move. That that's a good move for the Leafs. Yeah. Sorry sorry to kind of draw the lightning for a second. He um he could potentially fit into their third line. Yeah, no, I, I like the move. Look, he's never lived up to that offensive potential that people thought he would hit. He's um, but... he, he 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 can't play center, right? He's a winger. Yeah, he'll be playing. That kind of it's it, it is a good value contract, mm-hmm. but it makes me kind of question a little bit if another winger is going to be traded because I mean, you obviously got the top six: Marner, Nylander, McKay, Hyman on wing. And then when you get down from that, Katie, I think I think Simmons, you're hoping is on the third line. They plan to play Nick Robertson. Um, who else do they have? Um, they have. I mean, I think Endball's probably gone. Well, okay, I think the reason why they're making oh, and, and, they, and they got Anderson. They got, they have Anderson. Well, Anderson, you know, he's gonna he's got a guy that's gonna be fighting to make the lineup. That's for sure. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He's gonna be battling hard. He's no guarantee uh, to be in that uh, top nine, really. But I think he'll battle. Yeah. I, I see him starting uh, definitely on the bottom six. But 
with VC, yeah. I think what you're getting is you're adding depth. He's a guy who's never, you know, exploded. His best season came in 2018-19 with that 35 points. But he's had 17 goals twice uh, in his three-year or four-year NHL career. He hit 16 goals in his first year. So he's got some goal-scoring skill right there. Never really been a big top six kind of guy. But, no. you know, it's, a, again, another one of those signings for the Leafs that's low risk. I'm not going to say high reward, but there's there's some reward there. You can't go wrong when you're signing. Funny, that guy like I think that. um I think the Leafs had his brother like a couple years ago, Nolan VC. They, they traded him to Edmonton, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But again, with VC, um, well, also look, his father uh was a part of the Leafs organization, so they he they know the uh, VC family pretty well. But again, I think what we learned, especially with Tampa's Cup win, is depth is key and. Right now, with the Leafs, they're in a bit of a cap crunch, obviously. So what you want to do is you want to add some solid depth for as little money as possible. And right now, you saw that with Wayne Simmons. You paid him only 1.5 mil, solid deal. You get a guy with a lot of experience, uh, adds the kind of presence they're looking for, and the experience, you get him for a cheap deal. Now you add a guy like uh, VC, who's still, you know, he has something left to prove. I think, you know, I'm not going to say he has a chip on his shoulder, but he's definitely going to be... I think we're going to see him fighting pretty hard to make an impact. So uh, you're adding some depth guys that you know could play hockey. You know have some offensive gas left in the tank, and you're getting I mean, yeah. cheap contracts. You can't go I wrong mean, with what the Leafs there, there, There is no reason to hate this contract. If you are, you're a Leafs fan on Twitter. And, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> tell me about um, tell me about Amirov a little bit. The Leafs drafted him 15th overall. Tell me about mini Nikita Kucherov over there. Okay, well, uh, hold hold off there. Gonna, uh... <laughs> hey man, I'm 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 just going off of what the agent said. Don't don't shoot the messenger over here. Look, Amirov, very. You look, you look at Amirov's stat sheets, and don't be so quick to write him off when you see those two points last year in the KHL. This is a kid, a 17 year old kid playing in the KHL. You're not going to get a whole lot of points there as a 17 year old. But this year, he's already started off to a pretty hot start. He had two goals, uh, his first two KHL goals uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, back uh, late September. So you get a guy there who's finally starting to get a little bit more time in the KHL. And look, he's not, he has experience playing against pros in the KHL. So that's obviously pretty impressive. That's something that, you know, when you see that a guy at 17, 18 years old could handle himself against uh, in the second best league in hockey you know, arguably the second best league in hockey, that's going to jump out uh, to scouts. You want to see that a guy can, you know, play in the KHL at such a young age. Obviously, as he gets older, we're hoping to see the stats start to improve a little bit. And I think we're starting to see that now already. I think he's a couple years away from the NHL. Uh, obviously, that all depends on how, um, if, how he sign if he signs a new contract in the KHL and how the Leafs want him to... Uh, develop right you know sometimes they'll say we want you to spend a couple more years uh, back over in Russia so it all depends on that but with regards to what you're getting in Amirov all right the type of player he is first of all Dubas didn't draft by need which was very important he drafted the guy he thought would be the best player in the long run right and what Dubas noted about Amirov was his speed he thinks that uh, he was had some of the top speed in the class and he always finds a way to make an impact. And that's very important because you want on a, on a team like the Leafs, you want a guy who plays fast, maybe to replace Kasperi Kapanen, the speed he brought to the table. 
Uh, and you want a guy that can create chances whenever he steps foot onto the ice, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you're, you're just getting a guy who's creative, uh, fast, always makes an impact, and he's not, uh, he's not a lazy guy. You see him always working, always moving his feet. Pretty impressive there. What do you, uh, what do you think his ideal like, cap is? Like, like, what do you think he can become in the NHL realistically? I mean, I think it's pretty tough considering we haven't seen him play in North America yet. I, I think yeah. that's always a big thing. When it comes to Russian prospects like Amirov, what's very important is to see how they transition to the North American game. Because, again, not all highly rated prospects from Europe are able to make that transition, right? It all depends on his development, which is why I think that at least a year, uh, two years in the KHL, followed by probably a season in the AHL would be best. Maybe you could go for a year in the KHL and a couple, a year, maybe two in the AHL. It all depends on um, his contract status in the K. But I think in his prime, if everything uh, goes according to plan, you're looking at a 60-point guy, 50, 60-point guy. So what you're saying is since he's not a right big-handed defenseman, he's dog shit, essentially. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, see, as my inner Leafs fan, that, that's all I'm hearing right now. He, he's trash because he's not a yeah. right-handed defenseman. Look, he started off this season <laughs> hot in the KHL, okay? You if you know what? Leaf fans want to be excited about something. Be excited about a guy who's playing against men right now in one of the best leagues and putting up – so far he's got six points in 12 games. That's a guy who's I mean, already made that transition from two points last year, two assists last year in 21 games. You're already starting to see an impact. So, I find it – I just want to go. I just want to go on a little bit of a tangent here. I find it very funny how the same Leafs fans who are all saying, "Oh, trade Nylander, he's the guy in the corner, he's dog shit," are also mad about the Amirov pickup because if you want Nylander to be gone so badly, and, and in fact you know Nylander is going to be traded in the next few years, you you got to have people who are going to replace him. No, it's like yeah. like goal scorers and playmakers don't just grow on trees. You yeah. you got to have someone. I'm not going to come uh, in. I think it's uh, if you try to reason with all the Leaf fans and all the fans, all hockey fans for any team in that matter, you're going to go crazy trying to make sense of everything. So it's best not to actually focus on that and try to focus on, well, what does this mean for the team? And with Amirov, you know, one of the biggest knocks about him and not not necessarily knocks, but something that was drawing a lot of uh, skepticism is he's shown flashes of potential, but you want to see him actually find his stride and already i think yeah. it's a pretty big jump already being able to find his stride with limited minutes in the khl he's already playing at a 0.5 uh point per game pace so that's already looking pretty solid to me that's a pretty good step up to start the season you're looking at a guy who you're not getting a lot of ice time as a 17 year old in the khl now that it's no, starting yeah, to increase a bit he has that experience you're already st- starting to see him hit his stride a little bit and i think that that's Hitting his stride should not be a worry. I think he's going to find that consistency as we've already started to see. Yeah. I, let, let's move on to uh, the Hads. What? We're going we're gonna to stop talking about the Leafs? Oh, no. Listen, man. You know, I don't want to talk about the Leafs for hours. You know, you know this. But... Oh, I know. I know. Listen. So, Mark Bergevin did Mark Bergevin things the other day. When he signed Josh Anderson, <laughs> I'm already laughing saying it, to a seven-year deal. At, what's the cap it again? 5.5, I believe. 
5.5 million dollar cap hit for seven years what's he thinking man <laughs> seven years this guy had two goals last year i'm not saying he's a bad player but we don't know the injury history with him is done yet and man this is kind of looking like carl carl Alzner 2.0 here no hey you're taking first of all you're taking the words out of my mouth there because that's what <laughs> i said the first time i heard about that trade so or that signing but look Anderson was a guy who was a lot of teams wanted Anderson, and that's why I, I wanted him. I wanted him to be a leave. I love Josh Anderson. He's like that. He's kind of like Matthew Kachuk light, you know. Look, like, I've heard you know a lot of fans, and a, not even just Habs fans, but a lot of hockey fans in general were laughing at the fact that you gave that the Habs gave up Domi and a third round pick for Josh Anderson. Now, look, well, I I actually like like honestly to me it's like. I didn't hate the initial trade to be honest, because I'm I'm just that high on Josh Anderson, and obviously I think Domi's value probably plummeted a little bit because he didn't have the greatest year. I mean, neither did Josh Anderson, but still. Well, Anderson was injured for most of the year, so I'm not gonna. Uh... I also just think I also just think the Habs were kind of almost in a rush to get rid of Domi because they were, and the thing is, they, the, Habs... was, the, the organization clearly wasn't a big fan of him. And I, I know it's all the all. I, I, mean, I don't no, think it's safe to him say and, that the him and Julian. Well, we know him and Claude Julian didn't get along, like, from the start. It was more than just that. Look, the, I think the team liked him a lot. You know the fans liked him a lot. Getting rid of Domi wasn't something that Bergevin did lightly, but he knew. And if you look at that team, yeah, you're looking at a guy who had 70-plus points in his first uh, season with the team and was the highest-scoring half since Thomas Placanics. You're looking at him thinking, wow, this guy can never go. Wow. You guys, yeah. not, you guys have not had a lot of good scores in the last but 10 look, years. Wow. But look, <laughs> Domi right there. Yeah, he had the potential to be that uh, center that we needed for, you know, that we want for the foreseeable future. I'm not saying he's that number one center that, but he was that guy that Habs fans liked. We liked his game. Uh, we liked what he brought to the table. But then we got Nick Suzuki and we drafted Kotkaniemi. Kotkaniemi, obviously, you know, we can go into a whole other debate about what the Habs are doing with Kakanami because I could talk about that for hours. But let's look at the Habs with uh, Deneau right now and center depth. You've got Deneau playing on the first line. And right now, look, he finished sixth in Selkie voting. So they like him. They like what he brings to the table. That line of Tatar, Gallagher, and Deneau, one of the best in hockey in regards to expected No, it was. So Gallagher is incredibly underrated. You don't necessarily want to get rid of Deneau right there. That's something that you want to keep to know as much as you can right now until you have to get rid of it. Once they demote him to the third line, that's when you're probably going to be getting rid of him. Because right now you have Nick Suzuki, who you're going to want. You saw what he did in the playoffs. I'm not saying that he's ready right now to step in and be that savior for the Habs. But the management really likes Suzuki and what he brings to the table. And they oh, want to see I, per- him I personally, I personally think Suzuki's your number one center going into next year. Because I mean, listen, he—the guy was on pace for what, like fifty, sixty points in his rookie year. Yeah. Like very, like under the radar, like. Yeah. No. Yeah. Man, that 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 Patrick trade is looking better and better by the minute. <laughs> like. Well, look, there's more than just that because now you look at, can you really make him on the first line right now? Because does management or do, does Julian and his coaching staff want to say, you know what, we don't want, we want to move Suzuki for Deneau. So that's a whole other argument, considering that you move Deneau there. Or you move Deneau in replace of Suzuki, and what's that line? Is that line still one of the top in the league at creating high-danger scoring chances? So, But aside from that, you look at Kakanyemi, who they obviously have management 
hopes he can be uh, their number one center or number two center in the future. So you have to watch for his development. And you've got to know that's three centers that, you know, you already have a log jam. You add Domi there and it, he had to go essentially. And that's why we saw Domi get uh, put on the fourth line in the playoffs. Because despite the fact that they like his style and they like his game, it just they didn't see a long-term fit. But you know what they did see? They wanted Josh Anderson. They want to get bigger. They want a guy that can not only put up offense, but that is a solid power forward that can make an impact every time he steps on the ice. And a lot of teams saw that same uh, potential in Josh Anderson, which is why the Habs gave up Domi for him. It might not have been the best trade value-wise, but when you take into account the fact that management knew Domi had to go, in their mind, their mind was made up. Domi had to go. It's just now, what do you do? Do you get rid of him for... Anderson and what might be a lopsided trade or do you uh, risk losing Anderson and get something else for Domi yeah I don't know looking at that looking at that Josh Anderson contract the contract's a whole different story well I think that's a big part of it because I mean if if you're smart and I'm I don't I'm not in the Habs management office I don't know talk to Josh Anderson before you made that trade, no, that, that's what smart GMs do. You talk to the agent, so you kind of negotiate a contract before you make that deal. So if you talked to his agent and he said, this is what we want, Darren Ferris, you know, obviously me being a Leafs fan, I know who Darren Ferris is. And he says he wants seven years at five off have cap pit. You hang up the phone. Like, I'm sorry, that, that deal is going to look terrible. <laughs> like, seven years. That's a long time, man. I agree and with you. I'm five, not a fan of the contract and, in the slightest. And what, what have we seen with this league time and time again? You don't give your mid-range players that much term and that much cap. It's it's not something you do. You don't have to convince me about it. I'm not a fan of the signing. Well, I, know, I think just, Anderson I think he fits into the lineup. I just don't like the contract. I thought the deal was good until... The contract, and I think I think the two aren't mutually. I think they're they're tied to each other. I don't know. I just I I think it's there, especially because you got Nick Suzuki up. You got to pay Nick Suzuki eventually. You got to pay. You have a lot of young guys on the rise, right? Kakaniemi, Nick Suzuki. You got um, Romanov on defense. Like you got a lot of young guys, and you're gonna need to pay them. And you just extended Jeff Petrie to a pretty bigger contract, also. So it's like. Is that really how you want to allocate your cap space, man? Like, I don't You're know. You're asking how I would allocate allocate the cap space. That's not what I do. But Bergevon, yeah. look, the Habs have money. They decided Listen, they could we, do it. They did. We know, we know Bergevon loves his depth players. And I got to say, depth is important on the on Depth the is important, but when you don't have star players. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. What they're yeah. hoping is, well, look, obviously uh, – They've got a lot of guys to pay. You've got Gallagher and Tatar's contract coming up. Obviously, I don't think Tatar's going to be staying, but Gallagher, you let him go. I, I think that's a huge mistake right there. Next year, you've got a lot of guys that you need to pay, right? There's yeah. a big issue with that. You even have Philip Deneau, right? Yeah. That I is, mean, I, 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 I think I would think Deneau's probably gone once that I contract so expires. Like, yeah, like he's going to want, like, I would, I, what, what would you want? Like five, six mil, probably? Uh, he'll make about four to five, depending on the term of the deal. If you sign him, listen, the guy months, was the guy was the guy was almost a Selkie candidate. Like he's gonna want a lot of money, and I mean, I don't think 
my, I, I know both of us both were kind of agree, in agreement that we thought he would end up in um, in Winnipeg. I mean, probably not now because they just made that trade. That Stanley trade. So, it, it, I, just, I guess the, was a good landing spot for him too. But I mean, listen, it seems like they're they're in on on everyone. So I'm just gonna say, it. I mean, with the ideal fit, not be Vegas. <laughs> they 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 really. Yeah, they no. they do need a second line center. Uh, I got. I don't agree. I think okay, Deneau, first of all, Vegas is hoping uh, for the emergence of Cody Glass. So hopefully, uh, yeah. for Vegas's sake, that works out for them. Um, but he's he's probably like a, like a few years away still. No, no. Cody Glass was in the NHL this year. He was just injured for a solid chunk of it. So yeah, uh, no, Cody those... Glass is already. They had him on the second line at times. So it I all depends on how that's Vegas, You already signed Vegas. Cam Stevenson to be that second-line center. You've got um, – well, Marcia So could play center, but they shouldn't put him at center. Uh, typically, no, I would have William Carlson centering that second line. Um, and honestly, you know what? It all depends where you put Marcia So. Marcia So is the big um, block right there. Well, he's, he's a winner. He's, he's on a center. He could play center. They've yeah, played him at center in the past. He's clearly better as as the winger, as as like the Ajay is probably the second best winner on that team. So who who are you putting at first? I wonder oh, who. Come on, it's Mark Stone. No, <laughs> like, no, wait, really? really? Yeah, he's no. And, and my, for, for my for my money, he's the best two way player in the league in my that, opinion. That doesn't seem right. You, you don't think so? No, no. Oh uh, man, uh, during 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 that Vancouver series. Boy, Mark Stone was a force, man. He, it well, seems Mark, like it seems like every time Vegas takes the puck, it's Mark Stone. And I, I, sorry, I'm 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 just going on a rant here. I've never liked how in the NHL wingers. It's like literally impossible for a winger to win the Selkie. It's always kind of bothered me. Well, Mark Stone, hey, he's not a right winger. He's actually a left winger. So no, I'm but like, w- but w- wingers can't win the Selkie. Like they, it's they hard just, for them to, yeah. But like that's like. I don't. I don't like that. Like it should. It should be the best two way player. Period. And it's like I. I've listen. He's he's gonna go down as one of the best two way players of all time. But man, like I feel like Bergeron is gonna be in there just because of his reputation forever. Even even once he's retired, still still gonna be nominated just because NHL. So like, I don't know. And before I I, I forget this, uh, it what? Well, now I guess. You make a good point about how they could use a second line center, but they're not going to go for a second line center. Well, now that Stasny's gone, before I know Marcia So doesn't really play center, especially in Vegas. I know they've he's been tested out on center in the past, but you're right, he is a winger. Obviously, uh, it's going to be Cody Glass. They're going to try to make him step up and take that second line role with Chandler Stevenson because they signed him for the next few years. They're hoping he could be that third line guy. Yeah, I thought that was actually a pretty decent contract, actually. Yeah. I'm just saying that they're they're not, you know, yeah, they're not going to put Marsh, they're not going to try him at center. I know he's played it in the past, but it would not be a good idea to put him at center. What they're going to do is what they're hoping is that Glass can take the next step this year and be that second line. Second line. Who knows if it'll work? I I don't know if he's necessarily at that level yet, but I mean, it depends on what line you're going to put him on. If you put him with Stone and Pacioretty, that'll be pretty fun to watch, to say the least. No, no, you're right. Sorry, just interrupt you. You can't, you can't hear an echo from my side, can you? No, I'm good. Okay, just confirming that. Sorry. Anyways, let, let's move on. Uh, 
I think like actually like already a couple hours ago, uh, Taylor Hall signs a one-year, eight million dollar contract with the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I mean, I think I speak for everyone. I say that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It kind of seemed like he was going to Colorado at that point, but um, no, he ended up in Buffalo on that one-year, eight million dollar contract. I think, I mean, great, great get for Buffalo. They finally get that number one winger for Jack Eichel to play with, or Eric Stahl, either way, still. Great guy. It's only one year, $8 million, which is, I mean, guy won the heart like a couple years ago. Pretty good value for that. I don't understand why every Sabres fan is like, oh, yeah, we're going to get so much for him at the deadline. It's like, man, why is that where your mind goes when you sign a guy like Taylor Hall? Are you that damaged? Like, fuck. Like, I think this team can be a playoff team, honestly. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It kind of scares me since we're we're both in the same division as him, you know, have done least. But no, I, I really think it's a great it's a great get for Buffalo. What, what's what's your take? <laughs> hey, sorry guys, bit of technical issues there. And I was back to Taylor Hall. Uh, David, what do you think about this Hall signing, man? Obviously, completely in agreement. Buffalo won that deal. Obviously, you can't go wrong. Won that deal. It wasn't a trade. What are you, you fucking know, saying? Won the move. Won the move. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. Uh, it's just busting your balls, yeah. They won that signing. You can't, you could try. I've had, I've had already, in the two hours since that trade's happened, I've had arguments already about, oh, what's Taylor Hall thinking? Well, what's Buffalo thinking? Blah, blah, blah. But no, that was a good, first of all, good signing for both sides. A lot of people on Twitter, uh, not just on Twitter, but in general, are very confused as to why Taylor Hall would go to Buffalo. To me, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, listen, I, I think I think Taylor Hall was hoping to cash in this year, and obviously it was kind of difficult. It did not look greatest last two years. So, listen, he goes to a team that might be able to win. It's only one year at the end of the day, so it doesn't really matter. And, listen, what better guy to... Have a good year with him, Jack Eichel, you know? Well, there we go. That's the big thing there. You look at every every team that was rumored to be in the running for Hall or that was making offers for Hall, right? All those teams, there was two criteria. Each team met one of them, but not the other. There's the desire to win. or There's three criteria, actually. Uh, the third one, obviously, the, the, the desire to win, which I guess in Buffalo, they haven't yet, but Hall's thinking in that sense, you know, it's one year. Can't go wrong with a one-year deal. This team's got potential. We've got Dallin in the back end. We've got uh, Eichel leading the team. You just brought in Stahl. Hopefully, you know, the team could make it to the playoffs this year. But aside from that, there's two big things that's going through Hall. I mean, listen, listen, they're not making the playoffs because it's the Buffalo Sabres. But it's it's a step in the right direction. (laughs) Look, the big thing here is there's two criteria that I see. If I'm Hall, I want to make sure I get. If I'm going to sign with the team i want to know that i'm going to be on that first line and that that team has a number one center an elite number one center look at all the centers he's played with throughout his career he's never connor really McDavid. had a top 10 center in the league to play with connor mcdavid i'm not counting that at all no you're right no you're you're right so you're 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 100 right yeah where is what teams were rumored on him let's say colorado all right yeah they've got mckinnon they've got Kadri, sure. I'm not going to count him as that elite level center, but sure, they've got Kadri. Uh, you look at Boston. They've got uh, Bergeron, and then they've got Krejci. All right? He's playing with Krejci because he's not going to be on that first line. You look at Montreal, yeah. that was rumored to be in on him. They don't have that number one center that he's going to want to play with. 
You're, you, yeah. But the next big thing is first line. No team that was going to sign him well, would get him on the first line. I actually want to. I actually want to go to something you said. I personally think if he was on Colorado, I think he would be on the first line actually with McKinnon. If I mean, there's no injuries, sure. But right now, teams that have a good thing going with that first line typically don't want to jeopardize that. But if if, if you look at if you're watching the Abs this year, a lot of the times throughout the year, they did split up that line. A lot that line didn't put together. Look, and there were certain times when they did, but you also had to take into and account. Yeah, he, he may not have been on that first line. But if you look at that power play, man, you got McKinnon, Landis Cog, Rantanen, Taylor Hall, and oh, yeah, the guy who won the Calder. Like, ha- I don't think that when he's wow. making this decision, he's making it based off the power play. He doesn't want to be a guy that might be on the first line. He wants a team where he's going to be on that first line and that has that number one center that he could play with. And honestly, even if it's just for a year, that's what you get in Buffalo. You're on the first line and you get to play next to Jack Eichel, who is one of the, I'd say, top seven best uh, centers in the league, definitely top 10. So I would, say, a, I would say top, honestly, man, I would say top five centers. I, 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 I'm I, saying top seven to yeah, be safe here. Is, but... I'm, okay. I'm saying that, you know, also, you look at it from, let's say he wants more money, all right? You get one year, play next to Hall, imp- or play next to Eichel, sorry, imp- pad your stats, you're playing next to the best center you've played with in your whole career, you're going to get a stat bump there, or that's the hope at least, you're going to hopefully be able to cash out next year. I mean, look, I and, think and, Buffalo and really... By, and by the way, b- before anyone attacks David on uh, Twitter... Connor McDavid played like half that year. I'm not kidding. Hold on. Yeah, so calm down. Okay, continue. I'm not real. Obviously, Eichel is no not as good as Connor McDavid. But I'm saying, okay, yeah. the full season, yeah, Eichel will be the best one. And look what well, Taylor well, Hall listen, did man, next to Mc, Keyshire. Listen, man, McDavid's not even the best player on his team. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he missed those five games. Those five games set him back. That's why Listen, Dry, Dry won. Those those five games make him automatically a terrible piece of shit player. So hey, I have to, those five games showed everyone that they could manage and they could win games. I think they went four and one in that span. No, it's not, listen, obviously, obviously, Dry was a great player, but come on, he was not the MVP of that team, let alone the whole league. I mean, like, it was Nathan McKinnon. Let's be honest. It was Nathan McKinnon this year. If you want to get into that, we can have a whole other. Whatever. No, we 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 don't have time. We don't have time. Let's move on. Um, um, let's move on to the Blackhawks. Actually, I know they didn't make like a whole lot of moves in the last few days. Obviously, they had the the Dordov deal, let Crawford go, but um, recently Jonathan Taves, or I don't know if Jonathan, Jonathan Taves said it or it was just from the interview. Either way. Pretty much the gist of the interview was he's mad at the Blackhawks, like, and then by the sounds of it, so is the entire core. They think they could still win, and um, apparently they're in full rebuild mode now. What do you think about this? Kind of interesting, huh? Look for Captain Serious in Jonathan Taves to step up and you know say something. It's definitely a growing concern in the locker room. However. I, I don't think call, um I don't think the Blackhawks have straight up said yeah we're in a full rebuild but they're kind of, I I'd see them doing more of a retool on the fly kind of what we saw the Habs do a couple of years ago I mean you can't... well I mean hmm? listen this 
this probably is not true, and it could be completely false. But I actually heard a rumor recently that they were there was talks about a Patrick Kane deal last year at the deadline with Florida. It it could be not true at all, and I could just be if you're making up, you're losing Huberto or Barkov. It's got to be one. Mm, of then 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 why would you make that move if you're Chicago? If you're Wouldn't Chicago, you, you get younger. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, Patrick Kane is the much better player. I, I think, I mean, what would a package look like for Florida? I would say, obviously, their first-round pick, probably for the next two years. Well, it all depends on what the deal is. If it's going to be one of those typical de- uh, deadline deals, then, yeah, maybe it's just going to be a pick and a bunch of prospects and a decent roster player. Well, what, th- they they have a good goalie prospect, no? Spencer Knight. So They're not packaging you're... Spencer Knight. For Patrick Kane, a top five player in the league, I think you, you better if you're getting a player like that. What this was last year's trade deadline? Yeah, they didn't like, have Spencer. Like, like 1920. Oh, this past season. They, they yeah, they, they did have Spencer right? No, I thought you meant the year before. Um, no, no, no. Honestly, if I'm Chicago, I'm not doing that deal for some prospects and picks unless it's the high end, the highest of uh, prospects you have in the game. I mean, I'm I'm making that trade for. I want someone like Huberto back, right? I'm not gonna make. I mean, that deal I, I would Spencer Knight. Yeah. I mean, I would. I would. I, obviously, I don't think they'd want Barakov. I know you said Barakov. That that wouldn't really make sense to me because if you look, if you look at their centers of the you've future, got Dak and Taves there too. With I'm just saying. And you got Strom. I mean, like I'm just saying, realistically, if you're going to make a move and trade one of your core players like Patrick Kane, you're not asking for. Hoffman or Dadanov, you're going to try to get one of the two big guys. Or maybe even yeah. Aaron Ekblad. Wow. Yeah. No, actually, like, a, like, like, I mean, like, that would make sense because Ekblad has been in rumors about being traded for a while now. So, well, I got to say, I think Ekblad this year, very underrated. He was on pace for his best point uh, totals this year. I think he was on pace for about 50. No, I think, I think Ekblad's a great, I don't think he'd be, he'd be a good, good from the least. To be honest, but he's 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 I know because that that was brought up a few times, but he he's a great defenseman. I mean, no, he really is. And I mean, listen, if you look at the Blackhawks, I mean, who do you got on defense? You got, I mean, Duncan Keith's like still top four defenseman. You got Adam Boakvist, who's looking like he's going to be a good defenseman. After that, I mean. Well, you could dive into the prospect pool and check it out. I mean, you've got some decent prospects. Uh, but they, they, they don't have anyone who in the next year or two no. is going to be a top four defenseman. May, again, may, maybe Boakvist. But after that, it, like, no, not really. And that's why so, a defenseman could be in the mix there if you're looking at a deal with Chicago. I mean, Florida. However, if I'm Florida, I mean, defense is my biggest weakness, I would say. I mean, at least at the trade deadline this yeah. year, that's my weakness. So... I don't. Well, it seems like it seems like um, they're trying to trade Mackenzie Weger now because I've heard his name brought up a few times, and obviously it didn't end up being true. But Nate Schmidt seems like was almost a Florida Panther. They're so going. They're going to try to acquire uh, some defense right there for sure. I mean, Florida definitely needs to Man, that blue Listen, everything's about the Leafs, so I'm saying obviously you're going to have to add more to make it a value, a better value contract or deal, sorry. Hole for Mackenzie Weger. Let's, let's make it happen. 
You know? If that deal happens, it should it'll. I would do it even one for one. Nah, man, Mackenzie Weger's probably a top four defenseman. Oh, I nah. thought you were saying on the Leafs standpoint, you want more. Football. Oh no, oh, no, I'd, I'd much rather have Mackenzie. Yeah, Weger I was a Justin little. Uh... And I, I, I listen. I like Justin Hall. Yeah, but I didn't Mackenzie know. I thought you meant the, the better defenseman. <laughs> I thought you meant the opposite way, and that. Uh, yeah, I got to disagree there, but. No, yeah, for sure. Anyways, um, let's move on. We're kind of running out of time. Um, let's talk about goalies a little bit. Obviously, a lot of goalie movements in the last few days. Let's probably let's start with probably the number one goalie move. Markstrom signed a seven-year deal with the Calgary Flames for six AAV, right? Six years, six million dollars AAV. They might have one of the best tandems in the league, dude. <laughs> I mean, if if we're assuming Marc Andre Fleury is not a biggest Golden Knight next year, they might have the best tandem in the league. Like, wow, that 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 really improves them to a contender, man. I I like that deal for them a lot. I think Calgary definitely has a few things to work out right now, but Markstrom is definitely a solid move now. Well, listen, there, there have been a lot of rumors that, that, that they're trading a noted bad player, Johnny Gaudreau. So. Yes, oh yes, there have been. And the Habs are right there, like they always are with every big name. And then every the, Habs, the Habs are getting everyone. The Habs are getting Taylor Hall, they're getting Jake Gardner, they're getting Matt Duchesne. I'm not they're complaining about Jake Gardner or Matt Duchesne. Hey, 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 Jake, Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner would be your best left-handed defenseman. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Just, yes, just no. Yes, but anyway... Yes, um. I mean, look, goalies this year has been huge, all right, in the goalie market. Because what you're seeing, and if you really look at it, you're seeing a lot of teams with starting goalies already trying to add in some more experienced backups or teams with younger goalies that are starting to become their, uh, become their starters also bring in some more experienced back, um, backup. I say that with air quotes right there, backup goaltenders. Right, you look at Vancouver and Braden Holtby, for example, and that's just the beginning. It's happening a lot. You look at why Lundqvist. I am. I actually didn't like that signing for Vancouver. Okay, and here's where, in my opinion, it gets very interesting. Right, you have to look at Vancouver's very high on Thatcher Demko. They refused to trade him, and they were looking for another goalie, but they refused. And no matter what trade they made, including Oliver Ekman Larson talks, they would not give up Thatcher Demko. He was. Oh, pretty much untradeable. And you look at why. You know, he had a great playoffs. Yeah, he was great. All right? But his he hasn't lived up to... He had a good that, three games. Besides those <laughs> playoffs, we have not seen the Thatcher Demko that we hoped we would. Right? So the question is, why wouldn't you trade him? And I think part of it boils down to, yeah, he's still young. And I know you've got DiPietro in the system. But it's not just that. I think it's that this year, the NHL, is planning to have 82 games. However, it's all going to be in a shorter amount of time, meaning that your goalies are going to have the same amount of games to have to play, but in a much shorter time, meaning the teams... But in like, four day, like five days a week. Yes. Your play, or teams now are thinking, yeah, you know, maybe at this young goalie, like Markstrom, let's say. Uh, sorry, uh, Demko, let's say. Yeah, he's our... We view him as our future starter. But right now, we need to get a guy that can split games with 
um, Demko right now because we don't know what the season has in store. If it really is going to be 82 games in a condensed amount of time, Mark uh, Demko can't start all of them. And the reason they didn't sign Markstrom no. is because Markstrom needed a lot more term than uh, Vancouver wanted to give. That's why you get a guy with experience like Braden Holpe. All right, it's not look. I have never been the biggest Holpe fan. I think even when he won the cup with the Washington Capitals, uh, it was one of his. It was his worst statistical year since his days in the ECHL at that time. And I don't think he's ever really uh, progressed into his glory days, let's say. But right now, this yeah. move was. I I don't think it's so bad for Vancouver, and I think we're seeing it with a lot of teams right now because you want two goalies capable of being starters. Right now, the shift this year is not going to be starter and backup. It's going to be 1A and 1B. We, obviously, we see teams do it a lot. We see uh, New York or the Islanders have done it, right? We see, we see a lot of teams do it. But this year, more teams are going to be doing it. You look at a team like, um, and I think that's also a reason why Freddie Anderson didn't get traded. Because you know, this year, we cannot start uh, Campbell for the full year. We need Freddie to take the reins there and at least play more than half the games because in a condensed season, you want guys with experience, right? Yeah. We look at, um, so we look at, um, I actually want to touch on Vancouver cause he sort of interrupt you. Um, man, like I'm, I wasn't opposed to them signing a good tandem goalie, but $4 million goalie was that the, they're not the way to go. And I say it's because, you have a lot of RFAs oh, signed in the next couple of seasons. You got Elias Pedersen, who might cost you ten million dollars. Yeah. He might if he has a good yeah. year this year. Yeah, the year after, you got Quinn Hughes, and then soon after that, you have Brock Besser up again because he always signed a, like a few years on the bridge deal. Look, you got you you you're probably losing Tyler Toffoli this year because you have no money because you have all your money in bad contracts. So. Why are you not signing a cheaper, good backup? It makes no sense. Well, right now, I think their hands were a little bit tied. They're thinking, we can't bring in Markstrom. And look, when we're talking about cap, I said it last year when they signed uh, Tyler Myers. Yeah, he makes the team better. He does. He makes that blue line better. But that contract is going to bite them in the ass. I don't see... Look, I don't think the Holpe contract is good, per se, but you were not going to get a goalie of that level. You want someone that could split the duties 50-50. They don't have enough faith in Demko for this coming season that he can be your start, your full-time starting goalie without someone that could split games with him. I think that's why you get Demko. Yeah. If you want, that's why you get Holpe. But, but tell me this, tell me this. Who do you have more faith in? Him or Braden Holpe? Because I don't know if oh, I have faith in Braden Holpe. Quite frankly, personally, I've never. I'm not. I'm not a Holpe fan. No, no, but 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 realistically, Holpe hasn't had a good year in a couple of yeah. years. He's not. Not like he's a young goalie. A hundred percent. So it's kind of like why the reason they're. I mean, like it. for example, a guy, a guy that could have signed for a one year deal on much cheaper, Henrik Lundqvist would have been a great fit in Vancouver. Their thinking there is first of all. Lundqvist also wanted to, um, what was it? They wanted a guy that can handle more games. Lundqvist also has not been good at all statistically. They wanted a guy that can handle more games, a little bit younger with more winning experience, or not winning experience per se, but a little more gas in the tank. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Matt Murray. 
they didn't want to sign a guy like Matt. First of all, you'd have to trade for him, which the deal wouldn't have been very high. They could have easily made a trade for him, I think. But no. you don't want to sign a young goalie for that long term that you're going to get with Murray. But you know who probably could have been a part of that deal to get Matt Murray? Hmm? Oh, fuck. I'm forgetting his name. The guy they signed from Carolina this past year is being paid way too much money, but is still a good player. The winger. Furland? Bit of an asshole. What? Furland. Yes. Berlin's injured, and his injury history is costing him. If I'm Ottawa, maybe I take on that contract, but he doesn't help me now. You're not going to want to give up. No, but I think if you're Ottawa, you you look at your young guys, and I, I you would think you, you have probably like your core of the future at this point with, like, Kachuk, Shabbat, um, and now Sanderson and Stutzel. So you, you want to get better faster now. That's a guy who could help you do that, you know? I mean, I, I don't think he's the right fit. I think, first of all, the injuries. We don't know, uh, first of all, when entirely he's going to come back. He didn't play at all in the playoffs. We don't know what that injury history looks like. Second of all, if I'm Vancouver, I don't want a young goalie like that. First of all, you're going to have to sign him for too much term. He also, it, it's just not the right fit. He's just another young goaltender that doesn't necessarily fit the bill that they wanted. They didn't want to sign a guy for long term. They wanted a guy that could go in mm. for one to two years, depending on whole, the, how the whole pandemic plays out. Because again, if, let's just say, worst case scenario, this happens again next there you're going to be back to square one where you're going to be signing a goalie again in the same kind of scenario. So you want, right now, you want a guy that's not too long. Two years, I think, look, it's not a short amount of time, but right now it's, it was the safest bet for them at the best value. I, again, I don't like the deal. I'm just saying through the management's, uh, in the minds of the management there, that's what they're thinking is that with Holpe, we get our 1A, 1B tandem right there. He has the most experience, been to a Stanley Cup, can help guide this young team. That's just their thoughts right there. And we're seeing it more often, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyways, we should probably move on. Actually, before, before, sorry, before we move on, I was thinking about this recently. You know, goalie, I wonder teams aren't asking about right now? Casey DeSmith. Uh, I believe Smith, DeSmith is going to be that backup, and Pittsburgh didn't really want to get rid of him right now. They see him as that backup for next year. Under like, that's true. Man, you look at a team like Toronto, who looked for a backup goalie for a thousand years, and there are teams like Columbus and Pittsburgh, who just like shit good goalies. Hey, you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair. Man. What about what? You know what? They the least screwed up is they had Stan, now Stanley Cup champion Curtis McElhinney. I know Leaf fans are hey, not happy and, with that. And they had they had noted amazing goalie uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Michael Hutchinson. Hey, so you know <laughs> I, I first thing I figured man, out when the Leafs d- d- don't don't even don't even say he's a Stanley Cup champion. I actually like who Curtis McElhinney. Uh, Love it. Is is every pass? Look, we all we all know William Nylander is gonna get traded to like the Tampa Bay Lightning when they win the cup. Oh, of course, yeah. Like, yeah, like we, happens. like he, William Nylander is going to be a, a Lightning, a part of the Lightning, or he's going to be a Vegas Golden Knight. We we all know it's gonna happen. <laughs> like, well, it's not fair. I'm uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe someone else. Maybe uh, maybe he's gonna have a reunion with Lou Lamorello in Long Island. Man, that look he would be an amazing fit. I, I, no, I uh, look. Nylander is not the right player to trade right now. 
I don't like No, I, I, I am very much not on the Trey Nealander. Anyways, before we uh, go, three winners and three losers of free agency. Who you got? Free agency? We'll, we'll, we'll go to Josh either. Don't worry. Put it back in your pants. Free agency to start with. Free agency. I mean, free agency is so new. Uh, so far, Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Buffalo yeah, I mean... already made a that one... Taylor Hall was a pretty damn good signing. Can't go wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Free agency. Um, I I do like what Columbus has done a little bit. Uh, certain things, I don't love the trades they made in terms of their blue lines uh, gone a bit more thin with Nutivara and Murray being... Well, it, just, it doesn't make sense to me because unless they ha- they are in on another defenseman... It's kind of like why I mean obviously because of the flat cap and it was the opposite because of the pandemic they're, they're, they're probably they're probably they're not a they're in team, on a so. winger that was what it was they wanted a winger and they were hoping Who? to be uh, I think they Taylor were in Hall. on Taylor Hall and then they were hoping I think now their backup is probably going to be either Dadanov Fleur or Hoffman or Toffoli so I think look mm-hmm. I like what Columbus has did maybe not free agency but I think the Domi contract was good bringing in Koivu was good. Um, those moves oh yeah, I forgot. Right? I forgot they brought on Koivu, the, and they bought out Wenberg. So, uh, mm-hmm. where did Wenberg up, end up again? I want to say Florida. Uh, I think so. I mean, there's been so many trades to keep up with. I'm. Uh... I was I was kind of hoping he would go to the Leafs. I think what he, he would have. Been... <laughs> no, seriously, I think he would have been a. I, I mean, I don't think he could request a lot of money, and I think he, he's gonna be a good sub-on center for value. I like uh, another team that's done pretty well, in my opinion. I third winner. Who is the third winner? Hmm. Oh, there's so many to choose from. I, I I have a team that comes to my my right away, but I'm gonna wait for you to answer. What are you gonna say, St. Louis? <laughs> no. Because of Tory Krug. No. But that is a good signing to talk about. It was a good signing, but I wouldn't consider them a winner, in my opinion, but that's not who I was thinking of. Now I'm intrigued to see who you're thinking of. Say it to the first. I don't want to copy. Fuck, that's my guy. <laughs> that's who I was going to say. <laughs> Honestly, though, uh, we could talk about Detroit in a second. I do think Edmonton's done pretty well. I think bringing in Barry for the year, uh, I like Turris. Um, I-, I thought they did pretty well. No, I, I listen, for all the Leafs fans who are down on Barry, he just wasn't the right fit with us. I think he's going to be insanely on Detroit, especially because um, they're saying Cleft Bomb's out for the year because of the surgery that he's most likely going to have that a very, very good spot for him would have been um, Boston. Because, you know, Krug, what was his big thing? He was amazing on the power play. You get, you could slot he, he would, in. He would, he would have been a good fit on, on Boston, actually. on that power play spot that Torres had. And, yeah, I'm not saying Barry's as good as Torres, especially on the power play, but out of all the defensemen available, you're not getting uh, Alex Pietrangelo. So I think Barry would have actually been pretty solid. Pietrangelo, yeah. I think it would have been solid. Pretty solid. But Very Detroit's right. had a pretty – look, Detroit's made some good signings. I mean, uh, they're trying to establish – they're trying to add some building blocks for their future. So hopefully they can mm-hmm. progress as fast as uh, – As um, Yeah, I'll talk about my free agent. See winners. I mean, first obviously I kind of gave it away. The Red Wings. I mean, listen. Obviously they're kind of still probably relatively in the beginning of the rebuild. They have a couple of good prospects. 
with um, Raymond and Morsider. But they still have to improve after last season. They had like an historically bad year. And I mean, I think they just did that. They added a lot of good value guys. Bobby Ryan was an amazing pickup yeah. for them because I could really see him coming back I and being a 20 goal winner now that he has all his personal, like, you know, affairs yeah. in order. Um, who else? Oh, yeah, they picked up Vlad Nemestikov. He had a good year with Colorado. Obviously, he has the uh, relationship with Stevie Y from Tampa yeah. Bay. Um, they picked up someone else. They picked up Troy Stetcher. I wanted to be. I wanted him to be a Leaf. I think that hurt everyone, but man, I don't get why Vancouver didn't sign that deal. Yeah. Um, he signed for less than two mil per year. He he's close. I would say to being a top four defenseman. Very good. Um. No, they they picked up a lot of good value. Oh, and um, Thomas Rice yeah. for only three and a half mil a year. Like they picked up a lot of good value, guys. And these are guys who could potentially be trade pieces at the deadline for them. Just really good value contracts. For sure. I mean, especially uh, some of the uh, a guy like Bobby Ryan. You know, if he really does have a good start to the year. He is a especially considering it's only listen, a one year deal. He's definitely a solid trade listen, candidate. You you can't get worse than you were last season. <laughs> And I mean, l- looking at the roster, they're not going to be. They they they're still probably going to be a bottom two team in the league, but they're they look a lot better for sure look, than they did last year. It's a step in the right direction. And they also bought out um one of the worst contracts in the league with Ab Ablocator, You know, like they're they're looking like they're in good shape. I wouldn't be surprised if they took on another Mark Stahl like contract. I mean, that that's even more valuable now, right? Because the flat yeah. cap and the pandemic and everything. So. I would not be surprised, especially with that new cap space, to see them take on some more bad contracts. My second win- my winner, you know, Leafs. Of course, I'm going to say the Leafs. Um, I have a lot of good value guys. You know, Wayne Simmons, if you end up working out, it's going to look great. I'm not going to get too much into the Leafs because we spent like the first 30 minutes talking about them. And I was going to say Edmonton, but I don't want to say your pick. Um... You know what? Come, come back to me. Say, say, your, say your three losers. I'll think of oh, my three more. losers? Yes. Oh, well, there's so many here. Okay. Well, one team that definitely <laughs> lost. Um, Listen, man. The, the NHL is one of the worst le- run leagues in the, in the world. So there's going to be a lot of losers in every year. We can year. get into an argument next time on why I completely disagree no, with yeah. you there. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get into this. Like, Jesus, that, that's a whole other, uh, whole other thing. I don't think the Coyotes, okay, go, 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 Coyotes go. really haven't made a lot of moves. I mean, obviously, they have not really had a good uh, – things have not been too good over in Arizona. So uh, they did not do what I was hoping they would do in terms of really anything. I'm still expecting to see a Darcy Kemper trade. Uh, Ekman Larson staying put. And, you know, look, he is signed long term. So if he really is staying put, they don't have to worry. I, I think he will get traded next year, but uh, – you know, I'm not uh, too high on, you know, the fact that he got so close to leaving. It's, mm. it, I'm definitely going to be keeping tabs on him to see how he performs this year. Because if he does have a good Ekman Larson caliber season, then you can get a high, you can get a solid return for him. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye there. Um, I, I don't think they did a good job really at anything they added some smaller depth pieces but they haven't really improved if they really do think they are a playoff team uh, i'm not seeing how 
in, in the sense that they've really only mm-hmm. added some lower end guys, right? You know, you get Dryden mm-hmm. Hunt, yeah. you get uh, Johan Larson, you sign Tyler Pitlick. Solid depth signings, you can't complain there, but you're not filling in the void of Taylor Hall. You're not getting that center. Uh, you're not getting a center that could really play, or you're not getting a, a winger that could play with your top centers, right? So I don't really no. see. Uh, I don't think they've had too good of an off season so far, to say the least. I mean, look, that could all turn around. Yeah, well, totally. But in terms of what return you're going to get and whatnot. Um, my um, sorry, my third winner is actually the Calgary Flames, by the way. Um. If you look at last season, they had an amazing defense. Obviously, they lost Brody, but they have Al Mackey to kind of come in and pick up some of the Floyd. The biggest issue was goaltending. I think that was very obvious. David Riddick is a good tandem guy, but he can't be your number one guy who is there in the playoffs. They added, who should have been a Hart nominee last season, Jakob Markstrom. An unbelievable year. Vancouver would have been nowhere without him and you have to remember he did all of that while playing behind one of the worst defenses in the league in Vancouver. Now he's going to a team that has Noah Hannison, Mark Giordano, Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, by the way, he's also a good eye for them. And Oliver Collington, while only while doing so for only six mil a year, which seems like a lot, but for the kind of caliber goalie you're bringing in, it it really is, man. Like Honestly, I thought he was going to get around seven a year. So I think that was a good contract. They also added um, Louis Domin, who, sorry, Dominic, I'm tired. This <laughs> is going to be a good third goalie. Uh, Chris Tanov is a good guy to kind of pick up some of the slack that Brody left behind. I um, kind of want to have a right handed Jake Muzzin when he's healthy. The only issue is he's not healthy that much. Only being paid four mil, four and a half mil per year. So that was a good, good value guy. So no, yeah, I think they're real winners going the next year. I think we're going to be coming back to this in the coming weeks because obviously, look, one silent team over here who has a lot of money to spend right now. You got a team like the Islanders who haven't done anything. I mean, as of now, yeah, I might call them one of the losers right now just because they haven't done anything. But they're a team that could make a push for another play. I mean, they've got about eight million right now. I I know they have to sign guys like Pulak and. Uh, they've got some players to sign, but they're definitely a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move some money around and make a splash. Uh, they probably won't, but right now they really haven't done anything, so I'm not going to. They're definitely in consideration for my loser column. But another team I would definitely consider as losers here are the Boston Bruins. You lose Tory Krug and you don't bring anyone in. Not You, you didn't sign even a depth guy. I, and again, there's still time. They still can do that, but that's not looking good. I mean, your defense, you bring back Chara, and you're still pretty uh, – you've got a few holes on the defensive line there. So. And by the way, it's still, it's still not for sure they can bring him back. Chara? No, I'm saying yeah, if you bring he, him back. Yeah. I'm just saying hypothetically, if you bring him back, which I think they have to now, uh, it, as long as he doesn't – Yeah, no, they, they, don't, they don't have a choice. But really, you've got Chara, McAvoy, and I guess Carlo, but you don't have a great prospect pool. I don't – unless – you go over to Europe and try to bring someone in. I don't see uh, they, they've got to make a move. Maybe you go for Travis Hamanick. Maybe uh, I mean there are some options. Man, but... they it kind of seems like they didn't make that OEL trade because they were waiting to see what happened to Krug, but they waited too long because they but lost. They both. also never really offered Krug a, con- a big contract. 
they offered him something. Well, no, they they did, but they didn't offer him a contract. They didn't. They offered him an extension, but I don't think they offered him a contract. They, they on did not. The agency day. They really tried. They did gave the very the most bare minimum of effort into signing him. They offered him something that was very far off. They never really came back to it. There was no offer on the table, so they no. They they, they a guy I thought may have gone to Boston was Chris Tanev. What if being honest, he kind of fits. He kind of fits their system, like that kind of Boston Bruin type player. I mean, hey, if I'm uh, Boston right now and I could figure out everything, I'm definitely considering Nate Schmidt. And I mean, listen, you look at their top four right now, it's maybe Chara. Charlie McAvoy, who's a stud. And then who else? Really, it's just Carlo and maybe Grizzlick. But uh, I, I think... Uh, okay, Grizzlick, I don't, I don't think you can call no, Grizzlick the top I'm four. I'm saying he'll play in your top four, but... Carlo's like not proven. Like maybe I, he I'm could be there. If but... I'm Boston, I definitely inquire about uh, Nate Schmidt. Yeah, I mean Mackenzie Weger, another guy who I don't think Weger. Being... I think sure, maybe he could fit in. He doesn't. Man, a guy who would have a guy they should have got went for is um Ryan Murray. Yeah, like a fifth round pick for a really good top four defenseman. By the way, good at shutting down. Opposing players, best offensive players. I mean, like, would have been a good fit Even for him. I, I don't get fit too. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, a guy I can see going to Boston is uh, Damon Severson in New Jersey. Maybe even PK Subban if they retain. They have to retain like, a they're, lot they're, of money. If I'm, uh... well, yeah, they 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 would. I mean, it's not a big deal because I don't think Subban has that much more years. Left I, honestly, I would consider contract. keeping him on for a little more. I think New Jersey's. Progressing. I um I I really, for a while I was really thinking a, a contender should go for him because I think he has more left in the tank personally. Yeah. It's just the Subban. money that it's not. Well, the team that should yeah. go for Subban is a rebuilding team on the cusp of entering into playoff contention, right? And that was at one point. Yeah. The uh, or at least they were hoping with the emer- with Jack Hughes, they were hoping it would be New Jersey. But again, New Jersey hasn't the. Uh, you know, they uh, last year wasn't their year. Hughes needs some more time to develop, and uh, yeah, they they need to fix a couple things. No, no, yeah, for sure. And I think we should probably wrap up. But now, so first episode, how was it, David? You want me to give you a letter grade? Yeah, yeah you were all right. I, I've had better. I've had worse. Okay. I'll... <laughs> So tune in the next episode. We'll all be looking for a new yeah. host to do this with. Uh, I'm back on the good episode. Uh, so yeah, go check out David's work at the Puck Authority. Does okay Perfect. stuff. You know, not not his best, yeah. not his worst, but I'm adequate. Yeah, so adequate. Nice week. He's he's out of. He gets the job done. He's reliable like a Chevy. Okay. <laughs> See you it. next week.